I'd said yesterday, um, since we started looking at the book of Revelation, that from my viewpoint, the heart of the book of Revelation, the framework with which John weaves his verbal tapestry is the great controversy. And last night we mentioned that the throne is the central object in the book of Revelation. And whenever we see the throne, we need to remember that the throne is contested territory. Now, some people have asked, yeah, but if you read chapter 4, it just looks like a worship scene, and it certainly is a worship scene. Starting, again, in Revelation 4, in verse 4, John sees around the throne, around God's throne, 24 thrones, and upon those thrones, 24 elders, sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their head. Then John sees coming out of the throne flashes of lightning, sounds and peals of thunder. And then he describes, as he continues to describe the scene, a group of four living creatures. The King James tells us that there are four beasts. Their face in their figure in verse 7 is described. One looks like a lion, the other like a calf, the other like a man, the fourth like a flying eagle. And then they fall down, or they don't fall down, they begin to sing this song in Revelation 4 in verse 8. And what's the song that they sing? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when we see that sound or we hear that song, and it does sound, and it is unquestionably, a worship scene. And so the question is, well, if this is really a worship scene, how can we conclude, <clears throat> excuse me, how can we conclude that this is really a contested territory, that there's some great controversy taking place? Well, let me give you a few, a few examples as to why I think that's true. First of all, that phrase, holy, 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 good Bible students, where does that come from? It comes from the book of Isaiah, exactly right. And Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah sees a scene of the temple. He sees the throne of God. He sees the Lord sitting on his temple. And then he sees these angelic beings who have six wings, and they're flying. And what do they say? What do they say? Holy, holy, holy. Well, you could turn there, Isaiah chapter 6, if you don't have it in your memory. But holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And then there's another phrase. The earth is full of his glory. That's right. That quote from the book of Isaiah is used all over ancient Jewish literature. And it's always quoted, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the earth is full of its, his glory. But when you come to Revelation, John doesn't quote it that way. He says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, which compares to the um, Lord of hosts. But then he has a different phrase, the one who was and who is and who is to come. In the book of Revelation, the earth is not full of the glory of God until when? Until the holy city comes down. The third angel's message is to fear God and give him glory. And so the way John hears the song is the way John 
communicates the song to us. He leaves out or he changes a very important part. Why? Because from Revelation's point of view, right now, the earth is not full of the glory of God. Why? Because there's a controversy going on. There's a contest over who's going to rule. There's another reason that I think this is true, and we notice here, how often did these living creatures sing this song? Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. How often do they sing this song? Day and night. Day and night. Well, Revelation, remember I said in the very first night, we need to become re-readers of Revelation. That phrase is also used someplace else in the book of Revelation. Anyone getting an echo in your mind? Somebody else that does something day and night. There's an adversary. And what does he do? He accuses God's people day and night. It's an important point that's coming out here, that in Revelation chapter 4, we see this heavenly council. We see these angelic beings, the four living creatures. Um, interestingly enough, you know, remember in Solomon's temple, there were not only the two cherubim on top of the ark, but Solomon also built two other cherubim that were in the most holy place. Here in Revelation chapter 4, you have these four living beings around the throne. Um, just let me share this interesting quotation with you as well from Story of Redemption, page 184. Four heavenly angels always accompanied the ark of God in all its journeyings. Story of Redemption, 184. How many heavenly angels? Well, on the ark were two. Solomon added, Solomon added two others in the temple. Spirit of prophecy tells us that wherever the ark went, there were four angelic beings. I believe that these four living creatures are representative of those angelic beings, and they are by the throne where God dwells. And they're part of this heavenly council. As I mentioned in Desire of Ages, it brings out that it was before that heavenly council that Lucifer started his rebellion. Day and night in the heavenly courts, Satan tries to accuse God's people. In Revelation, there's a voice of accusation, almost offstage if I can use that example. But here in Revelation 4, you have these living creatures. They don't say the earth is full of God's glory because they realize there is a controversy taking place. And the earth will be filled with the glory of God when God's people give the three angels' message, when the fourth angel comes down, and ultimately when the holy city comes down and reflects the glory of God. In Revelation chapter 4, I mentioned the, yesterday as well that there's this question in uh, where this is taking place. Clearly, this is a sanctuary. We have this uh, image of the seven-branch landstand. We have the throne. We have all this different imagery in here taking place in the sanctuary from the sanctuary above, which is the place the great controversy began. It's important for us to keep that background in mind. But the question is, where in the heavenly sanctuary? And there's some discussion within Seventh-day Adventism as to whether this is taking place in the holy place or in the most holy place. It's a lot of discussion. I'd like to share a couple of thoughts with you that at least reflect my study and I would like to suggest that this imagery, chapter 4 and 5, is taking place 
in the most holy place. Why? Well, remember what I said, the throne is the central object in the book of Revelation. It opens this book and it closes that book, as we'll see on Saturday night. But somebody might say, well, yes, that's true, but the throne could be the table of showbread in the, most, in the holy place, possibly. But what is around this throne? Revelation chapter 4 in verse 3. As it describes the one on the throne, there's something that goes around the throne. What is it? It's the rainbow. It's the rainbow. What's the symbol of the rainbow? What does it represent for us? God's covenant. God's promise to us. Listen to this quotation. Um, Signs of the Times, May 2nd, 1895. Are you filled with sorrow today? Fasten your eyes on the sun of righteousness. Do not try to adjust all the difficulties, but turn your face to the light, to the throne of God. What will you see there? The rainbow of the covenant, the living promise of God, and beneath it is the mercy seat. What's underneath that throne? Excuse me, that rainbow? The mercy seat. Here you have these four angelic beings standing by the throne, reminiscent of the ark, and here you have the rainbow, and what's underneath the rainbow? The mercy seat. Ellen White goes on to say, the rainbow is above the throne, excuse me, the rainbow above the throne is the bow of promise, testifying to the whole world that God will never forget his people in their struggle against evil. What a beautiful promise. In the midst of kind of this great controversy theme where the angels represent, there's a voice of accusation. Satan accuses day and night. God's people, they accuse God day and night, Satan does. They say, no, God is holy. God is holy. God is holy. And there's that rainbow above the throne testifying to the world, to you and to me, that God will never forget us in our struggle against evil. God will never forget us as we battle the great controversy. And as I said last night, the great controversy is not out there only, but the great controversy is in my heart. Because popery is the spirit of human nature. And I have to fight that every day. Praise God, there's a miracle that takes place. Let Jesus be our theme. Let us by pen and voice present not only the commandments of God, but the faith of Jesus. This will promote heart piety as nothing else can. Let me read that again. Let Jesus be our theme. Let us by pen and voice present not only the commandments of God, but the faith of Jesus. This will promote heart piety as nothing else can. One more quote, Manuscript 16, 1890. Ellen White says, The ruling principles of God's throne are justice and mercy. It is called the throne of grace. Would you have divine enlightenment? Go to the throne of grace. You will be answered by the seat of mercy. The rainbow above the throne is a token that God, through Christ, binds himself to all who believe. Here we have several quotes of Ellen White's connecting this rainbow, the promise 
of what God's going to do for us through Jesus Christ with the mercy seat, with God's throne as well. So Revelation chapter 4 and 5, just again due to the constraints of our time, I think Revelation 4 and 5 is setting us up to understand the crisis that's unfolded in chapter 5. Tomorrow evening we'll look at how God responds to the crisis in his government brought about through the accusations of Satan. There's a voice of accusation, but there's also a voice of proclamation where the heavenly choir, the heavenly council says, God is holy. One day, the earth will be filled with his glory. Will we participate in that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're doing around the world through ministries, through lay people, through uh, clumps of clay, really. Thank you tonight for the picture of that rainbow around the throne, of those angelic beings surrounding your throne, your ark, and proclaiming that you are holy. We realize there is someone trying to undermine your holiness. Help us, Father, to believe you are who you claim to be. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.